0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolan Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolan Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to B-O-L-L dot com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this mom influencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture,
2: Criminals are like everyone else. They like to talk. They've business to do, deals to make. And like all of us, they've secrets to keep. So how would you feel if someone was listening in to all your conversations? Every text, every call. And what if you'd spent a lot of money to make sure nobody was meant to know what you were up to. The hacks of the encrypted phone networks, EncroChat and Sky ECC, have shaken the very foundations of Europe's vast criminal underworld, netting tons of cocaine, uncovering millions in dirty money and even preventing murders. While criminals went about their business, assuming that their phones were bulletproof, the cops were listening in. And what they learned will form part of major investigations for years to come. Hundreds of suspected criminals are already before the courts in the UK, Northern Ireland, Norway, Sweden, Belgium, the Netherlands, France, Germany and Denmark. But what about Ireland? No arrests have been made here, even though there's clear evidence that Irish criminals have been using the same encrypted networks. And while the police forces of Europe celebrated and shouted their success from the rooftops, the Garda Siakana were silent. No press conferences, no statements, no comment. What happened here? I'm Nicola Tallent, and this is Crime World Investigates, a podcast from sundayworld.com. No matter where they
3: try and hide, and we will
0: continue to target those in the of My name is Joris, Joris van der Ra. I'm working as a, a crime reporter for uh, Gazette van Antwerpen, which is based in Antwerp. Uh, City with a big port, one of the biggest ports in uh, in Europe, and I work as a crime journalist for almost twenty years now. Antwerp is uh, the first uh, port of call for a lot of uh, shipments of uh, bananas, uh, pineapple, uh, all sort of fruit. That's the the first reason that Antwerp is is the main target for uh, cocaine criminals to smuggle their drugs to. In Belgium
2: on February 20th, police specialists gained access to encrypted messages and a service known as Sky ECC.
0: The Belgian criminals and their allies were using Sky.
2: Tens of thousands of phones were monitored by forces in Belgium, France and the Netherlands. And over three weeks, they watched hundreds of millions of messages exchange on the system. On March 9th, police moved in.
0: POLICY! Police! First, they started with arresting corrupt people, corrupt people in the port of Antwerp, corrupt people in the administration, the government, even the the, the prosecutions officer office. Um, people at uh, our fiscal administration have been arrested. Uh, people in hospitals who also provided uh, pr- uh, information on individuals to gangsters. And today, another 12 people were arrested for sort of a narco-terrorist violence. So since then, it's quite busy here.
2: The Sky ECC hack is the fourth success so far, and it came hot on the heels of the EncroChat hack in 2020, which resulted in thousands of arrests across Europe. The Dutch have been leading the way when it's come to penetrating these encrypted networks. In 2016, they unscrambled a number of pretty good privacy messages sent by criminals through their BlackBerry mobile phones. At the same time, the servers of the provider Enetcom and PGP Safe were seized, harvesting millions of highly incriminating emails and
0: messages for police. Criminals believed that it was... Impossible to to hack it. After Anacom, there was a little bit of concern. I thought it won't happen to the the bigger systems like Engru and never will never happen to Sky. But well, that that appeared to be a mistake, a fatal mistake for the point of view of criminals. Then
1: you have the right to privacy.
0: But what are
2: these encrypted phones, and why do criminals trust them? Sean Reynolds is the CEO of Ritz Information Security. And he's been advising businesses about their online security for over 30 years. He says the phone networks aren't quite as sophisticated as the sales pitch would suggest.
3: Sky ECC is the most secure messaging platform you could buy. Take control over your communications. You have the right to privacy. Communications surveillance is very advanced and very, very good. Traditional phone lines and traditional cell phones are very easy to actually actually monitor. An encrypted phone gives you end-to-end privacy, as they call it. So when I'm communicating with you, only you and I know what the contents of that communication is, whether it's a text message or whether it's a voice call. Um, so what the encryption does, basically, is it, it transforms our communication by using secret keys. So some sort of shared password that both you and I have that nobody else knows. And that is used to transform the data. That data is then transmitted, so it's now encrypted. And then the receiving party, because they have the secret key, are able to decrypt it. The AnchorChat one was using VoIP and relaying the messages and communications through a server. So rather than direct communication, as they call it, peer-to-peer, from me to you, it went from me to a server and onto you. Now, that infrastructure can provide additional anonymity. But it does introduce this third party that you can't see or control. Really, to go off and buy, you know, maybe encrypted software you install on your phone that gives you the option to use encrypted communications, I think that's fine if you're having an affair. But certainly, if you're expecting it to protect you against Chinese spying, it's not going to happen.
2: Of course, we're all using encryption, but we might not even realise it. I use the messaging app Signal to communicate with sources and to keep them safe. And every time I buy online... The same kind of encryption is making sure no one can steal my card details.
3: Well, encryption has been around for eons and it's a matter of routine. Now everybody does it when they're doing uh, online shopping. The link between your laptop and the end provider via SSL is protected by the same type of encryption um, as these phone calls are protected by, you know. And people don't think that there's anything wrong with that um, because they can see an immediate need for the privacy and the protection that's provided.
2: EncroChat and Sky ECC were considered the gold level of security for criminals using their phones. While both companies argued that they were businesses and their clients were legitimate, Europol begged to differ and said the phones were being used exclusively by criminals and that the information acquired provides insight into criminal activities in various EU states and beyond which, they say, will assist in solving serious and cross-border organised crime for years to come. Europol has coordinated both of these most recent hacks. Each have been hugely successful for law enforcement, with officers shocked by the sheer level of organised crime which has been uncovered. Nothing has been more eye-opening than the levels of cocaine coming into Europe and then distributed onwards across borders and into the UK and Ireland. Within a month of the latest hack, Belgian police seized 28 tonnes of cocaine at the port of Antwerp with a street value of 1.4 billion euro. That included one record shipment of more than 11 tonnes. But records have been broken all the time when it comes to cocaine. And it seems that what were once described as superholes are now just the ordinary course of
0: business for the drug mobs. Like 10 years ago, uh, a seizure of 200 kilos was a, was a spectacular seizure. Now it would be a, a very small seizure. Now it's at least one ton of cocaine that they will find. So experienced
4: law enforcement people that, that I talk to on a regular basis they were shocked by the amount of drugs they found, basically.
2: This is Jan Mayas, a crime journalist with NRC in Amsterdam.
4: One of them said, I knew it was bad, but I never realised it was this bad. What people come to realize is how big the drugs trafficking industry has become in the Netherlands and in Belgium. I mean, experienced law enforcement people who do, who, who've done this for decades. And the fact that they are still surprised at what they see, yeah, that, that tells me something.
1: All right, so we're going to take a look at this Encro chat phone.
2: While Sky ECC was big news in Germany, Belgium and the Netherlands... The EncroChat hack was more significant to Ireland as officers discovered hundreds of the phones were in use in the UK, Northern Ireland and the Republic. In fact, investigators would find that one of the key suppliers of the handsets and the system was an Irish criminal with close links to the Kinnahan Mafia. Today I'm going to talk about EncroChat. Yes. As news of the hack started to filter out, It was journalists in Belfast and Amsterdam who were first with the scoop.
5: I'm Alison Morris and I'm the Belfast Telegraph's crime correspondent. What happened was um, a guy appeared in court. There was no court reporters in the court at the time. If you remember, this was back in June. And it was based on evidence that had been got from an EncroChat phone hack.
2: EncroChat was the phone network of choice for cartels and mob bosses all across Europe.
5: Um, After that, I started phoning around solicitors who handled the sort of kind of people that I would be dealing with in the crime world, and there was reports that there was all sorts of arrests going on. But the police weren't telling us anything, and when I asked the police for information, they were being very cagey and very shady about it. And these were massive arrests. I mean, these were people being caught in one case with a weapon. Another case, the guy had a phone where he was discussing setting up a hit to have somebody murdered. There were huge arrests, and usually... With the PSNI, any success at all would be something that they would be making sure we knew about. And so all of a sudden, all these arrests were taking place under the radar, the court cases, and the men were being remanded under the radar and nothing was being reported.
2: In April 2020, a team of Dutch and French investigators hacked into the network after discovering the company's server in the French city of Roubaix.
4: Basically what they did is they infected the central server with software when they turn it on. As soon as uh, an AnchorChat phone, an individual phone, would connect to the central server, uh, the server would send the package, a malware package to that phone, and the interception tool was deployed on that phone.
2: The hack had two stages. First, the installation of the implant, which could identify where the phones were located. Second, collecting the messages, a massive effort that started on April 1st, 2020.
4: It would intercept messages that were being saved on the phone before they were encrypted. And those messages, whether they're incoming or outgoing, they would be uh, intercepted and sent to a separate server that was run by the police. If there were stored messages, data, photos, uh, passwords... Uh, the metadata of the phone itself, so the, 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 the number, the make, and all that kind of information, that was all intercepted and sent to that separate uh, server that was ran by the police.
2: Through Europol, the messages were shared with police forces around Europe, including on Garda-Chiakona and with the National Crime Agency in the UK.
4: The French would send all the information they gathered to Europol every day or every, you know, every hour. I don't don't know exactly, but I'm I'm sure uh, very frequent. And then at Europol, they would divide the relevant information uh, to uh, uh, the, the country. So if there's information relevant for Ireland, then they would send it to Ireland.
2: The information in these messages gave local police forces unprecedented insight into the workings of the underworld. Gang operations, drug routes, connections, gun networks, and even intelligence about murder plots. As they waited and listened, gathering this vital information, they came across some serious criminal activities where they'd no choice but to intervene immediately. But for the most part, they held fire until enough information was gathered and all the forces could move in together.
0: Police! Police! Police!
4: they dismantled eight or nine laboratories where Dutch criminals were producing uh, crystal meth in uh, cooperation with uh, the Mexican cartels. So we had our own breaking bad story here. They found what we now refer to as the torture chamber. It was basically a sea container that is used for for international uh, shipping. And they had built like six prison cells in a huge warehouse and they had... In the seventh container, they had put like a, a dentist chair, uh, complete with handcuffs and tie rips and, and, and scalpels, all kinds of pliers. In the chats they, they found with that, they refer to this container as our own little uh, secure prison, or the place where we can torture people. The initial arrest count was like 130, okay. and I'm sure we're yeah we're close to 200 now. And so it was huge in the Netherlands, as it, I assume it was in Ireland.
2: By June, EncroChat realized what was happening and sent an alarming message to users.
4: The company Encro had found out that there was something wrong with their network. And on Friday evening, around midnight my time, they sent out a message to all Encro customers
2: Today we had our domain seized illegally by government entities. They reproposed our domain to launch an attack to compromise carbon units. Due to the level of sophistication of the attack and the malware code, we can no longer guarantee the security of your device. We took immediate action on our network by disabling connectivity to combat the attack. You are advised to power off and physically dispose of your device immediately.
5: And the next thing you know, we were called to a uh, press conference up at police headquarters and the head of the NCA appeared and, um, from England and asked us that would we honour a media blackout on the Anchor chat because that there was still other arrests that had to take part in other places in the UK and across Europe and they didn't want to alert criminals to it. Now, at this stage... The criminals all had their EncroChat phones in the bottom of a river somewhere because already five or six people had appeared in court. And in the world, the criminal underworld that I report on, that they mix on, news like that travels fast. Hundreds are arrested in an EU encryption bust targeting an encrypted communications platform called EncroChat.
2: Eventually, the police realized they could no longer keep a lid on the huge hack, and coordinated press conferences were held to break the good news. This is an amazing moment, I think, for um, UK policing and UK law enforcement. We have been able to uh, hit the most senior levels of organised crime, uh, where it hurts most. Our nearest neighbours, the National Crime Agency, cleaned up, arresting more than 1,500 suspects, seizing more than £56 million in dirty money, 5,000 kilos of Class A drugs and 115 firearms.
0: These are people who are causing vast amounts of misery and harm across the UK. These are what we would call iconic untouchables, people who for many, many years have worked with impunity and evaded law enforcement. And now we've been able to get inside and see exactly what they're doing.
2: One of those targeted and later convicted was trucker Thomas Marr. He was placed under a joint NCA and Garda-Shiokana investigation, with the Irish police playing a secondary role. The logistics man had been transporting drugs into Ireland and money back out for years, but he'd used an EncroChat phone to stay under the radar. When he was convicted and jailed, UK police credited EncroChat and Garda say they seized €600,000 from the joint venture. But that is small fry compared to the types of seizures enjoyed in other countries. While there were a number of cash and cocaine seizures described as intelligence-led in Ireland during the time of the live hack, it's just guesswork to say they could be linked to the Europol information. What is clear is that everywhere else, once the cat was out of the bag, police forces lined up to detail their swag and criminals ran for the hills. This operation has coordinated the seizure of huge quantities of
4: drugs, a large number of lethal firearms, including automatic weapons and explosives. This operation shows that we can go after organised criminals.
2: The success of EncroChat and the Sky ECC hacks have threatened to overwhelm police forces involved. Such is the volume
0: of information
2: and evidence gathered.
0: It's just too much information. It's 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 like it's enormous. They decoded half of the all the information they secured. The federal prosecutor said he needed with this amount of police officers that he has, it it, it would take them more than two hundred sixty years to read all this.
2: Some criminals are already convicted and serving time in prison for their crimes. Many suspects are before the courts. And while some have been caught red-handed with guns and drugs, others will fight and question the legality of the evidence.
5: The thing that I'm most interested in is how this will face the test of a trial. So, you know, any defence barrister worth his salt is going to say... I need to know where this information came from. You're charging my client in relation to this. I am entitled to disclosure as to how it was obtained. Was it legally obtained? Was the hack into this network legally obtained? And because of the way it happened and because there's clearly some fairly sort of shady intelligence agencies involved in this, are they going to be willing to hand over their methodology to a court and have it scrutinized? Bugging is nothing new here. Covert surveillance is nothing new here. MI5 involvement in criminal cases and in paramilitary cases is nothing new. So these are defence teams who are seasoned in challenging this kind of evidence. We haven't had a trial yet and I haven't seen the evidence tested. In some cases, police look at convictions anyway because when they raided the people's houses, they found drugs or guns or things like that. But in some cases, the people are charged solely on the evidence that was obtained from the Chat hack And I am not sure whether that is going to face the scrutiny of the courts when it comes to trying to find out how that information was obtained. But the fallout from that is still being felt in that world because those phones, while they have now said that they've all moved on to a different network, they were speaking so freely on on these handsets in a way they never would have on a traditional phone that they believed them to be completely impenetrable. Now that we know they're not, it doesn't matter what technology, some company comes up with, there's always going to be the suspicion, so whether or not it achieves the convictions at the end of the day is one thing but has it disrupted a lot of the sort of confidence that exists in those especially when you get the sort of UK, Ireland, European crossover um, criminality it's definitely disrupted that
2: One thing is for sure never before has there been such a clear window into gangland We have a a almost
4: full-picture of who is involved
5: and I remember speaking to one source who said you know Northern Ireland is such a divided society everything comes down to orange and green to loyalist and republican except when it comes to money because when we were looking through those Encro chat when it came to money those boys put all their differences aside and they were quite happy to work with each other when it came to that and they were able to see those connections which otherwise in the public facing them they would be pretending that those people were sworn enemies but privately they were secretly negotiating and doing deals like them
2: So what has happened on home turf why haven't irish criminals been rounded up in the same way as their northern irish british and european counterparts after all we know they use the same phone systems
5: we know that there's a cross-border trade in guns we know there's a cross-border trade in drugs we know that you know the psni when questioned have said that they believe that almost all the drugs in Northern Ireland, whether being sold by loyalists, whether being sold by other paramilitary groups, whether being sold by criminal gangs, they all originate from one place eventually. They all come down to one organised crime network, one family organised crime network. So we know that that cross-border trade exists. And surely any chat arrests would have had to be done on a cross-border basis.
2: When he was caught in Dublin in April 2017 the international hitman Imre Arrakis, hired by the Kinahan Mafia to kill James Mago Gately, had one of the phones on him. At that point, the Gardaí were so used to finding the devices on gang members that they knew exactly how they would delete. Garda Sean O'Neill, that morning, thought on his feet when he used his own phone to photograph a thread of messages on Arrakis' device before it disappeared into the ether. It was a key piece of evidence used to convict him of the plot to kill Gately. Later, when another hit team attempted to kill the monk's brother Patsy Hutch during a planned daylight ambush, its leader Patrick Curtis took pictures of the disappearing messages on his own phone in case he'd forget them. Two phones were seized from his home, showing how he was receiving orders from an unidentified entity known as Lord Knows and then directing his team on how to kill. By 2019, senior Gardee, working at the forefront of organised crime policing here, had found that encrypted mobile phones had become such a huge problem that they were seeking new powers to access them. Such was the scale of the problem that even lowly street soldiers were carrying both an ordinary phone and an encrypted
0: one. You're not taken seriously if you don't have a BGP device. The Garda Press Office is the
2: communication centre between the force and the media. It's where journalists go to get questions officially answered. I asked if I could speak to a senior member of Garda Management about EncroChat, but nobody was made available and it was clear that nobody would be. So I sent a list of questions which I hoped would throw some light on why the kind of operations seen in other countries have not taken place here. I asked... Why are there no arrests credited to the EncroChat hack in Ireland? Why are there no seizures of guns, drugs or money linked to the EncroChat hack in Ireland? Can Ongarda Siakona provide me with any details on any operations which resulted from information provided through Europol and derived from the hack? Did the EncroChat information go directly to the Crime and Security Division of Ongarda Siakona? Was the information passed on to the relevant units involved in fighting serious organised crime in Ireland, or was it withheld? Angarda Siakona said it does not comment on matters impacting on policing and or security operations. My sources tell me that decisions made by crime and security was to wait for the bigger picture and to not risk any court challenges about the use of the information.
5: I found it very odd, given that if you look at some of the original court cases, there was a guy who was charged, which what they believed was trying to organise um, a a hit for money, a, you know, a paid gangland hit, and it was in relation to something that was meant to happen in the South, so therefore there was a definite crossover. There we know in relation to all the drugs arrests, there was a crossover not just with European crime gangs but also with southern crime gangs. Um, and so it seems almost impossible to believe that the, the you know that the guards wouldn't have seized this opportunity, which all the other police forces you know around Europe and Northern Ireland were basically skipping with joy because they had been given. These, this absolute mountain of information, and I know, you know, from speaking to people then who were connected to it, that it was a mountain of information, it was stuff that they never thought that they would ever be able to get their hands on because people spoke so freely on these on the Anglo Chat Network because they did believe it was secure, they did believe it was encrypted, they did believe it was impenetrable, um, and so this was an insight into the organisation of these gangs that police would just never have had access to in any other circumstance.
2: Many believe that unlike all the other forces who were furnished with intelligence packages from the hack and who moved in on gangland like never before, that Ireland has missed the greatest opportunity in the fight against organised crime in decades. Crime World Investigates is a podcast written and presented by me, Nicola Talent, and produced by Ian Mullaney.